What's up, everybody? Welcome to the second episode of The Dream, hosted by myself. Today is Saturday. It's been a couple a couple weeks since I did the first episode. Just had a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to get into kind of summarizing and breaking down three fights that occurred over the past, uh, since the first episode. Kind of all similar situations that occurred throughout the three fights. Three uh, fairly entertaining fights for the most part. Um, those three fights being Holloway versus Rodriguez, uh, Crawford versus Porter in boxing, and then Tiafimo Lopez versus uh, Garbaros, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Oh, George Cambosos. Sorry, I just totally switched his first and his last name and made it one, so that doesn't sound good. Uh, George Cambosos and Tiafimo Lopez. Um, I'll start off with Probably the most popular one, the more the one that more people probably watched, which would be the MMA fight, since there's people that probably watch the boxing fights are more of a diehard fans. Um, Holloway Rodriguez, uh, Holloway did win, which was my prediction in the first in the uh, first episode, just not in the fashion that I predicted by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Yair implemented the game plan that he desired for the majority of the fight. I didn't think Max was going to fall into the trap that Yair was going to try to play, which was slowing the pace of the fight down tremendously, simply because not a lot of people can keep up with Max unless it's Volkanovski. Those two are pretty much the only guys that can fight that fast of a pace for five rounds. Um, Yair did not want to do that. You could see that immediately once the first, uh, once the bell rang. Going into that first round, he slowed the pace down tremendously, just took small steps here and there and just tried to make it a brawl, slang and bang, which was pretty much what the fight turned out to be. I was very surprised of Max's ability, <coughs> excuse me, Max's ability to, quite frankly, be hit as much as he was from the eye air. Um, it's got to be something completely different whenever you're in there with him, similar to like a Diaz style i would say Ayer has when he's not doing his super jumping motions that he's got uh his punches are really awkward they come from awkward angles he stands awkwardly he moves awkwardly so that did uh definitely play a pact and made it a harder fight for holloway um closer to the end of the uh, fourth and the fifth round max made it a max fight he started doing his double jab his double jab crossed a lot trying to just uh set the distance, create the angle, hit, land the shot. Uh, he didn't check the kicks as much as I thought they w- uh, thought that he would, whether they had an impact or not. I, I guess you can kind of debate his leg. Damn sure looked like it made an impact, but his movement was kind of compromised in the second and third round, but not drastically. He tried to switch uh, southpaw maybe once or twice throughout, throughout those two rounds and didn't really do much with it. But uh, he ultimately did come out and uh, be victorious. Uh, Yair's a damn tough dude. So is Holloway, of course. Uh, their faces looked pretty beat up, so I'm not sure when they're going to when they're gonna try to schedule Volkanovski versus uh, Holloway 3, but hopefully that's sometime early, early into 2022. That'll be a phenomenal fight, extremely technical fight. Um, Again, the leg kicks are going to play a tremendous factor. As I said in the first episode, Volkanovski is probably the number one fighter in the UFC who leads with his leg kicks more than anybody. 
uh, outside of him and Israel, and they train at the same gym. So uh, if I can pick up on that through film study, I'm sure I'm sure Max's coaches sh- should be able to pick up on it. <laughs> at least I damn sure hope so. Um, but we'll see. Overall, Max Max won, just not in the fashion that I thought he would. I thought he was going to fight like a champion, just try to outbox him, basically, and he, and he didn't do that. He just tried to stand there and bang with him. And he, uh, he paid the price for it for a couple rounds, ultimately did come out winning the fight. Yair, for a round or two, damn, looked like he was going to knock Max out. But Max has still somehow a chin of steel after all the punishment that he's taken throughout his career. So uh, props to him. He's one of my favorite fighters. Uh, showed a lot of heart. Yair did the same thing. Just don't think Yair is developed enough to fight at the highest level, especially uh, against Max and uh, Alexander. So moving into the uh, boxing fight, the one of the two. I'll start off with the one that was a little bit um, closer to the uh, middle of September, which was Crawford-Porter. Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, uh, phenomenal fight. Start of it was much different than I actually expected as well. Uh, Porter came out and implemented his game plan really, really well. Tried to make it close quarters fight. Same thing, trying to make it a brawl because Crawford can outbox pretty much anybody pound for pound. Um, Crawford tried to stand there and bang with him for a couple rounds. Porter was landing some good shots. Crawford was landing some good shots. They both got tagged a couple times. Um, you can notice significantly in that, um, I want to say it's the third, late second, definitely going into the third round, Crawford starts to stand southpaw a lot. Uh, I definitely know what his coaches were trying to do there just to make it a little bit different stylistically of a matchup for a Porter because he does come in with a lead 3-2 a lot or a 2-3 and trying to just make the angle and be able to do the check hooks better with the southpaw position. Um, I thought Crawford was doing a tremendous job of uh, keeping keeping Porter semi at bay with his lead hand control and his jab control. Uh, that's what Crawford does better than almost anybody in boxing, in my opinion. That's that's why he's probably the pound for pound, in my opinion, above Canelo. Canelo is a freak, 100%. Has had movement for days, has power for days, but he's not as great of a boxer as as T-Bud is. Porter went out there, showed a lot of heart, uh, ultimately got stopped in the ninth round. Crawford finally just started uh, doing the disengagement really well, so creating the angle, stepping back, getting Porter frustrated. So he was having to move in awkward positions that he's not used to, clearly. Uh, In his training uh, routine, he didn't implement that footwork stuff. Crawford capitalized on it, ended up knocking him out in the ninth round, uh, winning the fight. It was TKO, didn't truly like knock him out face on the canvas KO, but it was a TKO, phenomenal fight. Uh, if you want to see very technical boxing, definitely recommend you watch that fight because it goes back to the Holloway fight and to the, uh, the first episode of the podcast as well, getting into why fights are not as technical as they should be. Boxers definitely do a better job of establishing dominance through their uh, disengagements, through their lead hand control and controlling the airspace. A lot of MMA fighters don't do it for whatever reason. I, I am not sure. Um, that's just my opinion. The best fighters do implement it, but uh, it's very few and far between. 
moving into the Tiafimo Lopez versus Garbaros. Um, I know some news came out today that Lopez had a severe um, lung issue going into the fight. Um, he didn't look that tired, which is surprising that he had a severe lung issue. I'm extremely interested to see if they do schedule a rematch uh, semi-soon in the future, so into 2022, how it would turn out. Uh, Lopez came out extremely aggressive, forced Garbaros back on his toes. Uh, Garbaros was able to establish some... Um, some jab control, getting the feel, getting the timing, getting the reads on Lopez, which Lopez typically is the one to do that. That's definitely what he did against Lomachenko, and he outboxed Lomachenko, which nobody's been able to do before Lopez. Um, so I was surprised at the style that he came out with. I know he said in the uh, in the press releases and leading up to the fight that he wanted to knock and knock Garbers out and get him out of there early in the fight. Um, and ironically enough, that led to Lopez getting getting knocked down in the, uh, in the first round. He, he hit the canvas after a, a hard cross just from, again, he didn't set anything up really. He was just going in there and slinging, slinging leather. That was his game plan. Uh, he ultimately paid the price for it. Did end up losing the fight by, uh, by decision. Garbos, I believe, got knocked down in round 10. Um, overall, it was a great fight. Lopez was closing the fight strong as he always does into the uh, end of the later rounds, like rounds 9, 10, and 11, Lopez put on put on a performance. He was tr definitely being a more technical fighter towards the end of the rounds because he realized Garbaros wasn't going wasn't gonna to get knocked out. He's got a huge heart. He's an Australian fighter, uh, very similar to other, uh, like other foreign countries. They have a lot of pride. They got a lot of heart. They're not going to, they're not going to just go out and, Oh, you hit me really hard. I'm done. That's that's not their style. They're gonna they're gonna go through the trenches. And they're gonna they're gonna go to war with you. So he showed that he can do that. Ended up beating Lopez. Uh, I think Lopez can definitely win if they do rematch or what they do moving forward. Whether that's gonna be another fight with Lomachenko or someone, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do what they do with that division. Just stylistically in the matchups that they're going to make, it's a lot harder to do in boxing just because you have different managements and different um, different organizations trying to get everything structured. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. I do think Lopez can box with the best of them. I don't think if he came out into that fight, if he came out just trying to be just a pure boxer, pure martial artist, he'd, he'd go in there and he would win the fight versus coming out super aggressive as he did. I think he could definitely he could definitely win. And depending on how severe that lung issue was, um, I'm, sure, I'm sure it played a factor. But props to Garbros for winning the fight. Uh, I didn't think he was going to win by any means, um, but he damn sure shocked me. Went out there, implemented his game plan, has extremely fast hands, um, one of the best check hooks and lead hooks that you're probably going to see in boxing. Now, if you want to learn how to do a lead hook, definitely watch that fight because he caught Lopez with it uh, probably 30 times throughout the course of the fight, uh, at least two to three times each round just because Lopez was being so aggressive and coming forward and didn't really establish his timing until the later rounds. Um, pro tip for anybody listening, if you don't know how to establish the timing, 
when your hands are up close to your face, you see a fighter just touch his forehead, touch his forehead, touch his forehead. That's, that's your, you're establishing your timing. If you don't think that makes sense, um, I don't have the time nor the ability to articulate it through, through a podcast, figure it out yourself. Um, but he didn't do that until closer into the middle of the fight and the end of the fight. He didn't start implementing that. He was just trying to knock him out. Uh, Garbros did implement his game plan, caught the jab really well, had a great jab defense, circled out for the most part. Every time Lopez came in and was getting Lopez frustrated, which is why he ate the canvas in the first round. Um, but overall, it was a great fight, extremely technical for the most part as well. Um, and the reason, the reason that I'm going and trying to shove all these three fights together on the same, on the same uh, episode is just to, again, reiterate that there's not as much focus on MMA in particular on the footwork and on the drills of fundamentals of what you're supposed to do to disengage, to control your opponent, control the airspace of the through the fight, and when you're standing up in front of in front of uh, your opponent, it's not implemented in MMA. Um, I'm not sure if that's because MMA is so new, and it's just. I don't want to say so new just because people have been watching martial arts in the UFC now since early 2000s. Like, if you look at any other sport in the world, there are fundamental drills that they do to warm up, that they do before the game, that they do after the game, that they do during practice, that kids do all the way through teenagers into college, into the pros. There are fundamental drills that you do to get better at your sport. And, and that's not really shown in stand-up work, in MMA, for whatever reason that is. Um, I know if you take pure boxing classes and pure Muay Thai classes, they teach you how to step with your punches. They teach you foot positioning for specific combos and so on and so forth. But there's not as much emphasis on, okay, you're going to shuffle this way, you're going to shuffle that way, you're going to shuffle this way. When opponent's coming towards you, you're going to circle out this way. If somebody punches at you, here, you have to circle out this way because this, this, X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. Um, my assumption for why those drills aren't implemented, even though they're very basic footwork drills, is because they're basic and they're friggin' boring. Nobody wants to do boring stuff, especially in today's age where you film everything and put it on your Instagram or your Facebook or your TikTok and it looks great and it's fantastic and you got ah! Nobody wants to do that stuff. Um, it's not sexy. But I'm going to tell you right now, fighting isn't sexy. So um, I think that metaphor is pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, fighting's ugly. There's blood everywhere. If you're getting hit, uh, you stink. You smell like shit. You're rolling around with other dudes or other women. It's not sexy. It's, it's a violent sport. And in order to do it at the highest levels, you got to have the footwork down, and a lot of the fighters don't have the footwork down for whatever reason that may be, um, but the best do. Israel has it. Anderson definitely had it. George St. Pierre definitely had it. John Jones definitely had it. Mighty Mouse for damn sure had it. TJ Dillashaw has it. Dominic Cruz had it. Cody Garbrandt had it. People that are phenomenal strikers have it, but the majority of the other people don't, and that's what's going to separate the good from the great, from the best. 
it's going to have a trickle-down effect no matter what you do it in. In the past five fights that I've, only, that I've done on these two episodes, the same theme applies. How do you get out of the 50-50 situation where I'm standing directly in front of you, you're standing directly in front of me, our feet are lined up, and we're just going to swing at each other? Because at that point, either one of us can win. Why you would want to fight that way, outside of just pure entertainment and ego, I don't know. That's the main reason you do it, because it looks fun for the fans. It's damn sure not fun while you're in it, because you're, you're going to have a pounding headache for the next couple of days, and that's never a good thing. Uh, it's going to affect your training. You're not going to be able to get back into the gym sooner, your recovery, so on and so forth. Getting out of that 50-50 situation, being an actual martial artist, being a pure boxer, some, whatever you want to call it, that's not what you train for. You don't train to go in there and get into a brawl. You train to not get hit, to disengage, to circle out, so on and so forth. But you don't do that when you're in the gym. Why don't you do that when you're in the gym? Why does the only thing that you do when you're in the gym is throw hard combos and hit pad work and not focus on your footwork? Why is that not implemented? I do not know the answer to that question for most people. Um, I can rant about that for five hours. I'm not going to do it. This was a really short episode just because I tried to make it short and sweet. Uh, but... Hope everybody has a great weekend. That is my time. We've got a lot of good fights coming down the pipe in UFC and boxing, so um, keep tuning in. I appreciate it. Peace.